0: Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines
1: running, commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. We're glad you have tuned in today. And uh, if you are new to SWAT, maybe you're just stumbling across this particular broadcast you're in for a treat. SWAT Radio stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, this was birthed out of the SWAT Bible studies that take place here in Jacksonville. And, uh, you know, Doug, I was was trying to explain to somebody a couple of days ago what SWAT was. You know, you become so used to it. It's nice to be able to just clearly explain what it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, SWAT is a Ministry that Doug has been doing for twelve, about twelve years, I believe, <clears throat> expositing the Word of God to gathering of men, um, and so anyway, the radio broadcast just came out of that. Just the idea of let's let's exposit the Word of God and then let's have some discussion uh, around that. How do we how do we practically walk out the truths found in Scripture? That is the great challenge, right?
2: Yes,
3: it is. And um, we we had a good group at both sessions today, and we covered um, we covered Mark one one through eight. And I want to tell you, I, I love deep diving into passages I've read hundreds of times to go in there and getting the aha's, like, oh, wow it's like you know that what we talk about so many times that botanical view after you've had five years of botany versus being a first-year botany student you know i I love that illustration by the way thanks for reminding me. yeah you see so many things but um i used an opening illustration that i'm going to share next week and and then i get this article today actually um from Phil Johnson. Phil, Phil's been on several times, the yes. executive director of grace to you. And if you know, um, what's been going on out in California, grace church was one of the few churches that remained opened out there during COVID. And they caught a lot of grief. They, they had issues with the state over it that ended up being basically, they ended up being absolved of anything. And in fact, the state paid them yeah. uh, stuff back. And so but this article that he sent was really interesting because the title of it is the covid test for christian virtue. And the the first little part of the article like the first thing you read is the kind of person who can't endure the opening of this article is the precisely the person who needs it most. In other words, some people out there are so sick of covid, they're so sick of reading about Things about COVID and all this, but a lot of Christians were prime targets, and I'm talking pastors, leaders. Uh, they got sucked up into things. And if you go back now, I mean, we've been out of the quote pandemic for a while, but we're we're ramping up again. People are doing yeah. the mask again. They're talking. You see all these advertisement. And here's the thing: uh, when when this first came out back in 2020 it was a new virus and and people you know people wanted to err on the side of caution and so they were very careful but what has happened over the last 3 years is a just a waterfall of fear that has swept over our mm-hmm. country and this article addresses that because now we, we should be in a different place right We have caught government officials lying about data, contradicting themselves, not just once or twice, but repeatedly, suppressing dissenting views on social media. Now, think about this. If you applied this to any other area, you would immediately disregard them. Uh, and, And they also, these views they were suppressing, by the way, were from the leading scientists and public health experts that are out there. And a lot of these people were, um, you know, putting out bad information. And you have uh, state governors and state officials in New York and other places tried to shut down churches, said they were non-essential. But what they did is they opened up places like liquor stores and tattoo parlors and defined them as essential. Which um, and they they forced people to comply with mask mandates. That we've had people, we've had doctors that were in the field of epidemiology for the last thirty years on this program say it will not work. It does not keep coronavirus mm-hmm. from coming out of your mouth, or right. I mean, it can go through the mask. And and now studies are out that show they didn't work yet. Yeah, still. You see people wearing these masks. You see people doing this. And these same people guilted millions of people into getting vaccines that not only were not effective, they ended up being risky and dangerous, especially for Absolutely. young people, right? And and so the question we have to ask is, why did so many Christians go along with this stuff for so long? Because, we, you know— he uses a, a, a an example in the article because you got Uncle Bobby over here who's a wild conspiracy theorist, and he's telling you, hey, these things are not true, it's shady. But it turns out Uncle Bobby was right in this case, <clears throat> right? Right. And I remember having Dr. Lee Merritt on very early on yep. in the process. She predicted everything that happens. And there's a cafe over in Melbourne that – said this, and and they put a sign up, and it says, this is our apology to the unvaccinated or to the vax-coerced.
1: Melbourne, Australia? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: Last year, we didn't know. The injection didn't stop COVID. It doesn't protect others, but now we know we were wrong to exclude you. They put that sign up. And so uh, they this whole article goes through – and talks about what it means to have intellectual virtue. In other words, we should be able to have dialogue about things like this and have medical experts disagreeing coming up with the best treatment plan, but everybody who went against the narrative of our government was shut down or ridiculed or some of them actually – I heard of people here in Jacksonville on staff at Mayo Clinic being told that if you prescribe certain drugs that were not politically correct, you're going to be, you're better than this, you're going to be asked to leave the staff. So all kind of stuff was going into this. And now this article just came out. It was a cancer uh, genome expert, a guy named Dr. Philip Buckholtz, testified to the South Carolina Senate about the DNA contamination that is found in mRNA COVID vaccines. He said, specifically, the Pfizer vaccine is contaminated with something called plasmid DNA. It's not just mRNA in there. And he says, I'm alarmed about the consequences of this. It can cause some of the rare but serious side effects like death from cardiac arrest and we've seen that out there right and so um there's probably 200 billion pieces he says of this plasmid dna in each dose of the idea of the of the vaccine that's a bad idea he says so all that to say this guy wrote this article phil johnson put out and uh it, it is really really worth a read you can go to this website sola S O L A Ecclesia E C C L E S I A dot org. Look under articles for the COVID test for Christians. So it's sola S O L A Ecclesia, which means one body, <coughs> one church right. dot org. So anyway, I I just I saw that, Brad, and you know, um, it, it, it's well worth the read especially um because you know what he goes into why very smart people sometimes believe very dumb ideas
0: yeah
3: <clears throat> it's ideology right and um c.s lewis talked about this back in um uh, uh, his time about um a guy named bulver is i mean it's called bulverism which says that basically you got to show a man is wrong before before you start explaining why he's wrong, you know. So you show that he's wrong, and you know. And the modern method is, uh we just assume people are wrong because of their political ideology. We do. Yeah. I mean, in oh, our culture, absolutely. if 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 you say I I and and listen, it's not just political. It could be ethnic background. It can be socioeconomic. It can be your faith or what church you go to, and people just write them off without even listening to people, and that really happened a lot, and we did ourselves some damage uh, by that. So,
1: you 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 mentioned, um, <clears throat> and I was just going to look up. I, I found the article um, again. That's sola s o l a e c c l e s i a dot org. You go there; the article pops right up. You can you can read it there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go read it. But <clears throat> you mentioned the what was the word virtual? Um, well, what was it you said about virtue the virtue?
3: A virtue, the intellectual intellectual
1: virtues. virtue. <clears throat> yeah, that's a that's a term I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna, listen, I'm gonna well, tag well, hold well of.
3: yeah, he explains it. He says those are cultivated character traits, right? Uh, which well, it's is, humility yeah. is really what that is. Well, that's one of them, but attentiveness is another. The love of truth, teachability, those kind of things are cultivated traits, right? Like you, you may have a good ear for music. Um, that's, that's a gift that God gives you, right? Um, virtues are traits that need to be cultivated. Um, it's not just... Uh, if you, let's say you got really good eyesight, you, you can't really cultivate that. That's just something you're born with. Now, that's not a virtue, but the love of truth, honesty, attentiveness, kind of, uh, you know, wisdom, discernment, those things can be cultivated. And that's what he said is we, we really lost something over the last three years of that cultivation of those
1: traits well i think <clears throat> i think what what we saw over the last three years because i i think this has been lacking for years um this intellectual virtue this this ability to recognize you were wrong mm-hmm. and admit it and sadly you mentioned i mean i we can think of it we can think of probably half a dozen well-known pastors who took the side that was wrong well, well, and I mean, they have and yet and, and they have yet to come out and well, say well i mean and tim keller's not
3: here anymore you know he's gone into glory but he was one he had the director of the nih yeah on a podcast <gasps> telling christians to get this stuff and there's a lot of people have but you know jesus in one of his rebukes of the Pharisees says hey how can you believe when you care more about the glory of man than the glory of god and here's what he's getting at that that you know, people's desire for human acceptance kind of warps our mind. Oh, completely. To, to basically be predisposed to accept what we want to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of what actually is true. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We see that. Uh, well, we see it in what we were talking about yesterday with Andy Stanley in this conference, the unconditional conference that he has coming out. We're not going to beat that drum again. But I would encourage you, if you don't listen to the briefing or, or read the briefing by Dr. Al Mohler, uh, he he sheds light on it again this morning, and I would highly recommend you go read it. So anyway, we'll take a quick break and be right back. If you want to call in 844-777-7928, if you have a question or comment, email us at ask at swatradio.com.
0: We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjax.com. That's guardiangroupjax.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. Listen online at ilovethetruth.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Wednesday afternoon. It is, uh, listen, it is um, September 20th. Um, I've got a wedding coming up in a week and a half. Can you believe that? that Not my wedding, but your one daughter, of my kids. Your daughter It's I your know. youngest daughter. It is the baby of the family. And, uh, you know, there's just some times where you kind of go She's the last one, right? It's, it's Once it. She's gone, yeah, no more weddings. Exactly. Man. Exactly, for grandkids. <laughs> I know. And uh, I have a feeling those will come sooner than we want them to come. But uh, anyway, we are glad you tuned in today. If you want to call, we always love to hear from you guys. 844-777-7928. 844-777-SWAT. If you have a question or a comment as we uh, uh, kind of pick up where we left off yesterday, you can email us at ask at SWAT radio com. If you missed the Bible studies this morning or this afternoon like I did, you can join us uh, on a Zoom call tomorrow. You can come to the Thursday morning uh, study that happens at Jumping Jack's House of Food, and uh, that's, I think, at 6.30 tomorrow morning. Is that correct? Uh, 615. <clears throat> 6.15. 6.15. 6.15. Yes.
3: Hey, I, I want to I wanna go back to one thing in this article that really struck me about where we are as a culture right now, and I think uh, it's worth um, hitting on because uh, C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, which is a great Amazing book. read, warns what happens to the souls of those people who want the worst to be true of their opponents. He warns about that. Think about that. Think about where we mm. are, um, all you got to do, you know, I know right now or today they've been grilling uh, Attorney General um, Garland about a lot of different things, and all you got to do is turn that on and hear both sides, and it's like you, you know, what somebody's going to say before they ask if they're uh, a particular party, uh, because and and they have no regard for their opponents. Uh, it, it's not really. It's just gotten to a point where it's, it's uncivil almost. Yeah. And Lewis says, this is, he says, listen, suppose you read a story about filthy atrocities in the paper, and then suppose that something turns up suggesting that the story might not be true or quite so bad as it was made out. Is your first feeling, oh, good, even though they aren't quite as bad as that, Or is it a feeling of disappointment and even a determination to cling to the first story for the sheer pleasure of thinking your enemy is as bad as you thought they were? Now, think about that for a second. He goes, if it's the second, then I'm afraid this is the first step in a process which, if it's followed to the end, will make us into devils. He wrote this during the time when Nazis were bombing Britain. And doing horrible things to people. And yet, um, he wasn't saying some of the Nazis are good dads or, you know, let's not be harsh. That's not what he was saying. He's not exonerating them. He's trying to say, listen, we need to guard from being the kind of people uh, who ignore important evidence while fostering a vicious prejudice. Mm. And, boy, we are there. Wow. We are there, and and um, that that's really that's really important. I think that's an important message for us now. That we always need to seek the truth. You know, God's people should want the best for other people. Um, you know, which means that you shouldn't want them to be as bad as they may be. Oh man, I you know mean, what I, I'm saying? Think I, about that. Man, I'm guilty, Doug. I, seriously. But but you know. Um, A prideful person would rather save face, and this we've seen over the last few years, than expose
1: the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Or even say the truth. Yeah. Well, you know, and it runs throughout society. Yeah. And I mentioned pastors, politicians. I mean, it's just. And
3: pastors have to be men of courage. They have to be men who
1: say, you know what? We were wrong. We messed up. Yeah. Forgive us. Yeah. Tell me a, a, tell me a politician in the last 10 years, I could probably go back 20, maybe 30 years, who has actually come out and said, <clears throat> I was wrong about that. I mean, think of the scandals that have come out where people just, if they would just come out and say, Man, But they're too afraid. They you know why? <clears throat>
3: you know, they're afraid of the soundbite. They're afraid somebody yep. will capture it on video. It'll be played against them in the election or whenever. And so... People are reticent to, or they're, they're ready to defend. They're ready to spin, they're ready to do whatever's necessary to save face. And so I just thought that was really interesting what CS Lewis brought up there, or they brought up in the article about it. So again, sola is the, the place. It, it's a really good article worth reading. So, um, well, Brad, we are finishing up today with the introduction to the Gospel of Mark. And just to, for people who who might have missed Monday or Tuesday, um, you know, Mark is the shortest gospel. It's written by a guy named John Mark. And you and I yesterday um, went through and kind of identified how we know it was John Mark as far as like what his background was. Not a lot said about him in Scripture, but enough to where you can learn a few things about him. Uh, his mother was named Mary. Her her church in Jerusalem, her house is where the church met, that Peter was a part of. Peter knew John Mark, uh, had a relationship with him, obviously from going to that place. When Peter gets out of, of, of jail, but the angel lets him out. The first place he goes is to their house. Uh, we talked about John Mark going with Barnabas, his cousin, and Paul on this missionary journey and deserting. That was a bad deal. and it caused a split between uh, Barnabas and Paul. And but ten years later, we saw at the end of the program yesterday that in Colossians, Col- I'm sorry Colossians 4.10, Paul writes from Rome, to the church at Colossae to, hey, I'm sending Mark. You know, we see he, Aristarchus, my pre- fellow prisoner, uh, sends you his greetings, as does Barnabas' cousin Mark. And he says, about whom you've received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. He's restored. We see a restoration. And at the end of the program yesterday, I said, how long was he restored with uh, with Paul. I mean, was it just a, okay, I forgive you kind of a thing? No, it goes much deeper than that. Paul is in Rome, and Mark's there with him, and he's telling them, I'm sending Mark on my behalf to you, and when he gets there, welcome him. And so when Paul leaves after his first imprisonment, he's gone away for a while. Then he comes back for his second imprisonment, where he writes 2 Timothy in Second Timothy, Paul wrote, and he's about to die. This is about 66, 67 AD, about um, you know, 20, a little over 20 years after when Peter gets out of jail in Jerusalem. And Paul's ready to die. And he goes, the time of my departure's at hand. And he writes this last letter to Timothy, and he says, Hey, make every effort to come to me. Why? Because he, he wanted Timothy there. He wanted fellowship at the end of his life, his earthly life. He says, Timothy, uh, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. And we talked about yesterday how, you know, Paul and Philemon, he, he talks about uh, Demas being there with Mark and Luke. Uh, mm-hmm. And Demas ends up being a deserter. He said he's gone to Thessalonica. Right. Crescent leaves. He goes to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. He says, only Luke is with me. Then he tells Timothy this, hey, I want you to go get Mark. Bring him to me. He's useful for ministry. So who does Paul want at his side at the end of his life? He wants John Mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that that is really a picture of, of how Jesus restored John Mark and remember John Mark's just a helper. He's not a prophet or a teacher or he's just a guy who helps. He served alongside Paul and Peter and he was so loved by Paul that Paul ends up sending him to the Colossian church on his behalf when he's in prison. And at the end of his life, he asked Timothy to bring this one person to him Hmm. And it's John Mark. Isn't that awesome? I love
1: that. It's that 2 Timothy 4, 11. Yeah. Uh, good verse, especially when you understand what's taking place yeah. up to this point.
3: Yeah. And isn't it great that God uses people that are broken but restored? I mean, really, when you stop and think about it, Brad, those are really the only kind of people that God can use, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Uh, that's That was the note that I wrote in my notes from last week, is that the Lord uses men who have been who have stumbled men who have uh, failed he, he can't really in all honesty think about it, he can't really use us until we've been taken low yeah and uh you know I, even in light of what we were just talking about in the first segment you, you think about you know somehow when I mean, it's not really i mean we know that that mark deserted them you know and yet, here it is at the end. There's been restoration of some kind, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you wonder, uh, well, how much did Paul give? How much did did Mark give? What you know, what restored that? What brought that relationship back together? Yeah. And uh, because clearly there was a there was a separation there, and you think about the people you've been separated from maybe in your life, what needs to be done to restore that? Because there's if they're believers, God's Spirit is in there. There, there's goodness there. Yeah, you know, and, and and I think it's important. Obviously, Paul has identified. Yeah, and and so Paul dies with
3: Mark there at his amazing. side. Amazing. Yeah. But if the story ended there, it's still it'd be an amazing story. But it doesn't. Yeah. In fact, it gets better. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to look at how, even though his relationship with Paul was this huge deal, his relationship with Peter was even. Better. Exactly. So we'll talk yeah. about that. Hey,
1: stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. SWAT radio. You can. The
3: Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls.
1: Does your girl tend to skip the genealogies in the Bible? Many Christians shy away from the lists of hard to pronounce names in places like Genesis chapter 5 or Numbers chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. Understandably, I mean, we don't see names like Lummock and Aminadab these days. How can we embrace these sections rather than avoid them? Ask, what is God doing through these people? And you'll be on the right track. Often the genealogies show that God used ordinary people to accomplish his divine plan. Make a game out of Bible names with your girl. See who can say them the fastest or quiz each other in rapid fire succession. The more fun you have with it, the more she will embrace both the names and the God who guided their lives. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
3: Expect some delays because of a crash on I-95 northbound at Airport Road on the north side. Also, there's a broken down vehicle in St. John's County on I-95 northbound, not too far from State Road 207, and there's congestion on the East Beltway 295 northbound near Butler Boulevard. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 72. Thursday, partly sunny, high 83. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ.
1: Welcome back to SWAT Radio, Brad. Glad you tuned in today as Doug and I uh, finish the uh, kind of a a brief introduction to Mark's Gospel. And um, if you are, once again, I want to invite you, if you're not a part of a men's Bible study, I want to encourage you, go to SWATradio.com, click on the meetings tab. You'll see the various places that we gather here in Jacksonville. And um, we'd love to have you come join us in person and uh there is a uh, a meeting tomorrow morning at 6 15 at Jumpin' jack's house of foods uh is craig henderson teaching tomorrow who's i, te- I you think know who's no teaching? craig is craig okay. is he is hey and i wanted to let our listeners know before
3: we go back into the text is tomorrow i'm going to have andrea siracusa uh from dreams come true and she's going to be our guest tomorrow dreams come true is a local um, base it's it's i think it's our only locally based dream granting organization which they want to you know use the dreams to bring hope to the children in this area who are battling either life-threatening medical conditions or have dealt with life-threatening medical conditions and abby's a dreams come true child i I was thinking that was true. yeah they you know and uh so she is going to come and talk they they have a 5k walk run or roll (laughs) this this weekend at um at uh the university let's see unf amphitheater is where it's at so north florida amphitheater uh, the 7 a.m. registration for all you runners, and if you want to just come be a part at eight o'clock, the race starts. So it's a 5k, and then they have a one mile fun run, but it's just to raise funds. Uh, and uh, you know, you can go to org for more details and to register all you runners. That's dreamscometrue.org great organization we'll talk a little bit about it tomorrow and i can tell you it has been an amazing ministry to my daughter and my family Mm. for for what they've done and tom mcgee's the one that started that you remember Tom? oh yeah yeah so um so thankful for all they do uh i think sutton's still involved with it or he was you know for a while and uh, so so thankful for them and um Thankful for Andrea, Ashley, who's there, and so many people that make these dreams happen. And uh, it's just a, you know, it's a ministry to people. It is a great a serving ministry mm. to people in this area for people that are, you know, I've had a couple of children deal with some life-threatening medical conditions. And when you're going through that, you know, you just mm. really, uh, it, you carry a lot of weight around and to be able to have an opportunity to make that child have some some normality in the midst of it all is really cool well
1: and it's just as i'm sure just as tough on parents as it is on the child sometimes the child may not understand the severity of of issues like that but the parents sure do
3: yeah and here's the thing about this organization it's so great no eligible child is ever denied a dream i mean they're not placed on a waiting list Mm. If they come in there and they qualify, and you have to, you know, there's some things that you do qualify for, but if you qualify, and I'm telling you, they do it up right. It is, it is it. a great thing. So, she's going to be my guest tomorrow, so hope, hopefully you'll tune in. Well, listen, as, you know, and, and one of the things I like about it is because their whole idea is to serve, and when mm-hmm. you think about John Mark, here's a guy who served the Apostle Paul. He served Peter and, you know, Paul was an amazing guy, did some amazing things, and he calls for Mark at the end of his life. But I want you to think about Peter. You know, when, um, you know, his relationship to Peter wasn't significant just because of that early relationship where he Peter was coming because that's where the church met. No, um when when he left and went back to Jerusalem, he didn't stay there. Peter took him to Rome with him then. And how do we know that? Uh, Brad, if you'll read First Peter 5:13, Peter is writing first Peter from Rome. okay? He's writing first Peter from Rome. and so if you if you turn to first Peter and look at verse uh, chapter five, Verse 13.
1: Read that. Give me a second here. Got to dampen my fingers here. Uh, 1 Peter 5:13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She who is at Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ.
3: Yeah, and so here's the thing. He says, Mark, my son, not his physical son, but his spiritual son. Mark more than likely came to Christ through the preaching of Peter in his house. Mm-hmm. And Peter was a great influence on him. He His dad apparently was not there because when the house was identified as Mary's, if his dad would have been there, it would have been identified by the father, but no, it's Mary. And and there's historical testimony that goes all the way back, Brad, to the first century that Paul, after he left that first imprisonment, you remember when he wrote uh, uh, Ephesians and Colossians mm-hmm, and Philemon, mm-hmm. he left after he'd been there with Mark and um, he would come back for a second. But in the myriad uh, the middle period of time, Peter went to Rome and spent about a year there. And he was in Rome when he was preaching uh, day after day in Rome. Peter was going from place to place, place he was from Galilee. Mm-hmm. He would have had to have a translator there, right. And so guess who his translator was. It was Mark. Mm-hmm. and and Peter died in Rome as a martyr sometime in the summer or, of, or autumn of about 64 AD. It was about that time when Nero burned the city and blamed the Christians and started persecuting them. But while Peter was there, he sings greetings. This is during that time that he wrote First Peter, and he says, so does my son Mark. Mark was with Peter in Rome. So, I mean, think about it. If you could pick two people other than Jesus to accompany In the Bible. Wow. Who would it be? Like the New Testament. You're gonna be with Peter and Paul. (laughs) And Paul. He was with them both. Yep. And and why is that important? Well, Mark's gospel is from Peter's eyewitness accounts. So I've used translators, used used translators when we were in India and when we were in Philippines. Those translators, after a day or two, have heard your stories. If you got like I in Russia, I used to go different places and I'd tell a lot of the same stories. So by the third story, the translator's already telling what I'm going to say before I even say it. He's he knows. Well, that's the way Mark is. Mark was his translator of those stories of the gospel over, 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 and over. Hmm. And so he knew it. And when Peter died, he had heard it so many times, he thought, well, I need to put this down in print. He wrote it. And remember, Mark wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a preacher or prophet. He just was used by God to write the first account of the gospel of Jesus Christ under the inspiration of the Spirit. Now, Isn't that awesome? It is
1: awesome. That is awesome.
3: I mean, so it's—and remember, he says at the first verse, this is the beginning of the story, and it's only the beginning. It's the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God, um and, and so the ending hasn't come yet it's the in fact his uh letter his gospel ends pretty abruptly uh, at the end of it all and and uh, the legitimate ending is mark 16 verse 8 where it says they went out they fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had gripped them they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid and that that's the end of it And it was so abrupt and such a strange ending that another ending was added later. And if you have a Bible, it might not even have that in there. It might have an asterisk or it might have an ending in brackets uh, because it's not in the earliest manuscripts. But that's the Gospel of Mark. It's the beginning. It's not the end. The story has no end. Uh, so if you want and really know the rest of the story, you go to Acts where it continues right yeah and so but God took this unusable and most unlikely servant after he failed with Paul and Barnabas and allowed him to serve two of the greatest leaders of the church and a helper to both of them and write one of the inspired and really the first penned inspired gospel of jesus christ isn't that awesome
1: i was thinking about that that reality of spending that much time around a peter around a paul how that might impact you you and i talk often about the importance of not being around necessarily teachers although certainly you and me and we know lots of men maybe listening even now who have been shaped by what we've shared here on the air or by what's you know a a, you know a A. aw tozer a a w pink or a Spurgeon or whoever it is that you've been around, the importance of getting around good sound theology, yeah. sound doctrine like like uh, John Mark had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul and Peter probably didn't get any better than that. Oh you know? no, man. I think, think that didn't impact his life.
3: I'm sure it did.
1: But we're going to take one more break. Call us this afternoon, 844-777-7928. Again, 844-777-SWAT. You can email us your questions and comments to ask at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back.
0: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the Donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation.
2: Joshua nine states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio.
0: The Florida-Georgia Truth Network and Oceanway at 91.7.
1: Broken sky, traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touch down in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop.
2: Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All
1: those hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call in, love to take your calls. Eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Love to hear from you as we are going to put a wrap up on our uh, discussion on uh, the introduction of Mark. And again, if you haven't, uh, if you want to jump into one of these Bible studies, because we're just getting started. I mean, Doug, you pretty much covered the first eight verses of Mark chapter one today, I believe, right?
3: I did. And uh, it is, let's just say, um, I had several guys come up and say they did not know that's what good news gospel really meant. Because we look at things as it uh, really what it means to us, but we have to remember, and Lori said this last night, context is 90%. Yes. And we don't always treat it that way. You know, she and I both grew up hearing a lot of words. We heard a lot of words, a lot of definitions, but we didn't get a lot of context, at least in the proper context. So uh, next week on the radio and what I I shared today um, was really, you know, about the context of good news Mm -hmm. because that's how he opens up the the prologue to his gospel. Hey, by the way, Brad, I wanted to let people know you can go to apple podcast or google just google swat radio podcast or swat bible study podcast hmm. so there's two separate podcasts one's on or is the radio me and you talking right. about the content <clears throat> right the other and then we have the guest on there and then the other is actually the teaching of the swat bible yeah the studies. recorded
1: like message
3: it. Yeah, when I posted this the other day, it's like a it was like the 167th post. So it goes back years, uh, as long as I can remember me recording them hmm. for, you know, the podcast. And yeah. so everything from, I think, I, I, I think it goes back to Matthew. So Matthew, Hebrews, um, you know, Acts, uh, 1 John, I think. And then some special addendum kind of lessons that were in there, but there's a lot of material there. If you go to the SWAT Bible Study podcast, uh, again, it's just it's just teaching God's Word. Uh, I do one on the Shema, you know, I do like five mm-hmm. five lessons on the Shema, one on evangelism. So, um, but this idea of the good news is something that. Uh, I believe we've really missed the focus of what the Jewish listeners and the, uh, the Roman listeners would have heard. Because remember, Mark's written to Romans. And so they would have heard, hey, this is an announcement about a new king. Yeah. When we think about the good news, we think about, oh, my sins are forgiven. But yeah. that's not what yeah. they heard. They would have heard, this is a new king that has huge implications and we're going to get into that next week. And I, I just want to ask you as we kind of, you know, I know we're closing out and people can call in. I, I was blown away again by thinking about Mark and how God restored him and used him to do what he did to be who he was. And I was reminded of a story of me meeting a guy who for been out of church for 20 something years and, you know, we just had a, a, what I call a divine appointment conversation where God just brings two people together and you just start talking and it comes up and, and you could see the pain in his eyes. You could see the, the struggle in his eyes of a guy who didn't feel worthy, who didn't feel like God could use him because it had been over 20 years since he had been quote in church. And if this you know, week hasn't done anything. I hope it's encouraged people that don't underestimate the power of God to take a life of somebody who's willing to say, "Okay, God, I blew it, but I, I'm yours. Do with me what you want. I want to serve you." And then use them. That's what He yeah. did with Mark. Yeah. He what He's able to do with a teachable person. Uh, if you're if you can simply allow him to do with you what he wants to do there's no limits to how he can use you for his kingdom amen you don't have to be billy graham amen you don't have to be yep. david jeremiah you just be you and it's an amazing it's just an amazing encouragement i think what a it.
1: liberating idea too that you, you you are free to use the gifts that god has given you you know doug i you know i, I was mentioning this for we. week Took the break there. I was talking about how Peter and Paul, how massively they their words must have shaped John Mark's life, yeah. and and how easy it is in a society or a culture like we're in today, with you know just a, an absurd amount of information that we're exposed to. We, you know, just pick your podcast. Yeah. There, there's there's a jillion of them. And we can we can clue in I don't care if it's Tommy Nelson or it's Swindall <laughs> I'm naming all these older guys that you and I grew up listening to that we're, we we tend to think well i man, I can't do what they can do I can't you know um it it's okay you know i I can't help but think of where Paul says i I didn't come to you with you know qu- you know eloquent words, you know, is that God wants to use you the way he's created you and i think so often we spend so much time trying to be somebody else when he really wants to use you right where you are
3: well you know i i I thought of tommy when i was reading this because i've had the privilege of spending a lot of time with tommy but nowhere near the amount of time that mark got to spend with peter or paul and i thought you know just the time that i get with tommy when i'm around him i'm soaking up everything <laughs> exactly. and i was just thinking about having the opportunity like if i was with tommy at the end of his life to have him share words with me during that process of him knowing he's about to go but passing on truth to be carried on that would be immeasurable i mean like the mm. the 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 value of that with not only he was Think about it. The two greatest, like, really ministers in the New Testament, as far as like, other than Jesus, right? Peter and Paul. Mark was with them both when they died. Hmm. He was with Peter when Peter died in Rome, and he was with Paul when Paul died later in Rome. Both as they were martyred. They probably both, you know, we know Paul knew he was dying. Peter probably, and Peter did too. He knew he was going to die. And so here John Mark is there, and he had to be just thinking, this is for a reason. And that's the point, is that God weaves this thread of our lives through other people's lives. For you, it included the clothing business. It included Whataburger. It included connecting you with different people. Now it's the chamber, and it's all these connections that God is using to— really use you with the gifts he's given you and the passion and the experiences to put him on display yeah. wherever you are yeah. in that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for John Mark, it was through writing yeah. and, and I really can't help but believe that because he was with Luke for a portion of that time, he was with Paul that Luke had some measure of influence on his historical accounts and his writing because Luke was so detailed oriented, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, it, it, uh, yeah, just, I think you're right. You you tend to reflect and think about the, 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 the the men that I've been around, the you, Tim, you know, a number of just godly men that have uh, spoken into my life. And I feel like we're, uh, you know, I would I would caution people in in a world where information comes at us like this, and listen we're we're the ones behind the mic we're we're the ones broadcasting this message that you get some men around you. Oh yeah, clearly, clearly Mark was impacted, yes, certainly by Peter and Paul, but even even Luke, as you just said, mm-hmm. and how important it is that we have men who are willing and bold courageous to speak truth into our lives yeah
3: I, I was thinking about that guy i spoke about earlier he doesn't have anybody yeah he's not part of a group and he asked me this and i think about this i randomly met this guy a thousand I, miles from i remember here, you telling me that and was... and he goes can i call you to talk to you about some of these spiritual things and i'm like sure <laughs> yeah i don't mind but but think about that there's churches all around this guy yeah. i know there right. are right right and why why is, is there no connection there? Men, if you are listening to this, women too, but men, we are, we are targeting and speaking to the men out there. Be part of a group of men around the word for community and and for accountability and for growth. You were not created to be isolated. Yeah. You were created by God to function within a community of men around the word of
1: god yeah. and uh, well again we tend to think that if i'm just hearing good teaching that's enough you wrote a great definition for discipleship uh, you need to i don't know if you know it just off the, off the yeah, cuff yeah i do but i'm uh, i love playing. that i love that um that definition of discipleship uh, because i think there's a there's a thought there's an idea that discipleship is information yeah um well and part of this definition of discipleship
3: uh came out of um really it came it came out of uh, going to israel right i mean Mm -hmm. it was um and, and it's biblical discipleship but it's it's um it's really just an intentional um an intentional mentoring, shepherding of a guy and helping him grow in his knowledge of the word uh, and to the so that he can share it with others who will share with others, mm-hmm. which is right out of Second Timothy
1: two, two. two,
3: two yeah. right?
0: Yeah.
3: Um and I'll I'll try to get that um hold on. Let me see how much time we got. Thirty Wait, seconds. 30, an intentional mentoring relationship that fosters spiritual growth through instruction. Modeling, encouragement, and accountability in community with a goal of reproducing. That's okay. it.